Good evening. Welcome to Wisdom Wednesday. And Doug, yes, that was an awesome word last week. You know, I love the way you ended that. We need to make choices. And I want to try to carry that on this week in Proverbs chapter 4. I pray that you brought your Bibles, uh, your iPads, or anything else that you're using to read the Word. I think it's very important that you understand that it isn't listening to what somebody has to say, but it's listening to what God says. Amen? There are, there are many preachers and many teachers, but there's a lot of them that's teaching out of their own self. And how many know we need to be teaching out of the wisdom and the Word of God? Yes. Amen? So I really want to encourage you, if you haven't brought your Bible, so you think you really need to make that a habit. If you haven't brought your iPad, you need to make it a habit. Because what I like about Wednesdays and Sundays, it's an opportunity to teach and to learn. Amen? And how many know we need to be taught? But we need to be taught the Word. Amen? Uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4, so if you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn there. Father, I thank you that uh, your word is always true. I thank you that everything that is spoken, Lord God, as we read it, it is absolute truths from you. I thank you that I've filled up on what I know to do, now I'm asking you to take it and pour out. Father, we need to hear from heaven. Father, the earth needs to receive your seed tonight, and it needs to grow and declare your glory. And we thank you for the privilege we have of being a part of it. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. One of the things that I'm really excited about, Pastor, is that uh, you asked me to preach on Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, I love the book of Proverbs, but I have to say Proverbs chapter 4 has been a lifeline to me because it brings such instruction to my life, correction to my life, direction to my life, that I can always go back to it to find out if I'm on course. How many know we need to know that we're on course every day of our life? Amen? And sometimes we don't feel like we're on course, but how many know if you get into the Word, you'll know you're on course? Because the Word is always hitting its target. Amen? And I mean, you can almost open up anything in the Scriptures and find something that pertains to you. You might say, well, I think I'm going to read in Romans. Well, let me tell you, Daddy's going to talk to you in Romans. You might turn it over to Galatians, and I'm going to tell you right now, Daddy's going to talk to you in Galatians. He's just looking for an opportunity to speak to you. Amen? And I want to tell you tonight that as we, we talk about Proverbs chapter 4, we're dealing with Solomon, a man that was really after wisdom in his life, because he knew that if he had anything else, it wouldn't matter. He had a lot of things in his life that he could have asked for. He could have asked for strength. He could have asked for money. He could ask for kingdoms. But when God came to him in the middle of the night, in the dark times, he said, what do you want? And Solomon said, I want wisdom. I want instruction. I want counsel because I have a lot set before me and I need to know how to handle it. And can I say, saints, we've got a lot set before us and we need to know how to handle it. Amen? Amen. Come on, give him some praise because he gives us the instruction. Solomon was so cool that um, he's getting ready to tell us today that if we listen to the counsel of God, we will make our destination. I'll say that again. If we listen to the counsel of God, we will make our destination. Amen? And the title of this tonight is, is The Promise of Wisdom. I'll say that again. The Promise of Wisdom. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, and then I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit because... I believe it's important that you understand what kind of um, uh, emphasis he's putting on in the first part of the chapter. He says, Hear, my children, verse 1, chapter 4, Hear, my children, the instructions or wisdom of the Father. 
And give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. I'll say that again. Hear, my children, the instruction of the Father. Solomon is bringing and an, 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 uh, teaching from an Israel perspective, Jewish perspective. Now remember, in Old Testament, in the Middle East, when they taught on wisdom, it was usually a court system to a student that was going to stand in a position to make decisions. But with, with the Jewish people, what it was, wisdom and the counsel that we're getting ready to get, it was from a father's heart to a son or a daughter relationship. Because wisdom in the Jewish culture was all about family. All about relationship. Not just about knowledge and instruction so they can make right decisions, but it was to make sure that the counsel that was given was going to be adequate for those that you love. I love that. It's not just some word that somebody takes and says it to someone else, but it's an absolute heartfelt experience that is given to those that are able to receive it. Amen? And Solomon is starting this whole chapter out by saying, open your ears, my children, to the wisdom or the instruction of daddy. And he goes on to say, and give attention. Take notice to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. I give you good word. I give you something that I have personally experienced. And he goes on and says, and when I was my father's son, in verse 3, listen to that again, when I was my father's son. So now he's talking about David, his daddy, and him being a son, he's taking the same verse in verse 1 and saying, look, as a father, I'm going to teach you as a son, but I want you to understand, I'm not taking this teaching because I just want to teach from a father-son perspective. I'm doing it because I've experienced it, and I know it works. I know it works. So he says there again, verse number 3, when I was in my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother. And I love that tender, and only the one in the sight of my mother. I think about David for an example, that all the brothers, that all the talents, they were big and they were strong, and they should be the king. But here's David, the shepherd, out in the wilderness, the one called by God. You might tonight feel like that you're that one that is separate from those who have talents and gifts. But I want to tell you tonight, God is calling you out. God is speaking to you tonight because he knows where you're at. And what I love about this is not only is he speaking about this tenderness, this fondness, this, this, this situation that, that as a son he was in, because see, man, he was young and he was inexperienced. That's why he called him tender, and that's what that means. He was young. He was inexperienced. And I like this. And the only one on the side of the mother, how many know mothers know how to love more than fathers? I'm not saying that fathers don't know how to love. Not at all. What I'm saying is, is that fathers are absolute, direct, this is how we do it, this is how we get it done. But mothers are, no matter what you do, I love you. No matter how bad you get, I still love you. No matter how much wrong you have caused, I'm still on your side. And so Solomon understands this from a father-son relationship that it takes nurturing. It takes a mother's heart to comfort and teach and to bring the instruction that is needed to that child. And he's bringing this all out in the beginning because he wants us to understand that we've got a father. 
that knows how to teach his kids. But also a father that is the breasty one that knows how to reach down and love you. Even in those moments you don't feel like you can be loved. Isn't that beautiful picture? Beautiful scenery going on here. And he's trying to help us understand how to get into that scenery, get into that picture, get into that mode in which God wants to speak to us. Because Daddy's going to speak to us tonight. He says in verse number 4, He also taught me and said to me. See, Solomon had to put himself in a position to hear. He had to put himself in a position to want to learn. I pray that when you come into Wisdom Wednesdays or Growth Point or any service in, in, in the ministry of Christ Point, that you're coming to learn. You're coming to grow. You're coming because you need nurtured. You need fed. Why? Because, see, saints, this is a filling station. This is a teaching center to go out there so the world can experience Him. And so Solomon is helping us to understand this as he's going into this, this chapter. He also taught me, talking about David, and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Say that with me. Let your heart retain my words. You know, your head can be so far off from the things of God. Your emotions, your circumstances, how you feel, what you think. Come on, how I many know we can be way off? But if you listen to the heart... Because the Bible says that, that He's going to take the stony heart out and write upon the tablets of our heart. If we'll listen with our heart, we'll know what the direction of God is. We'll have the wisdom. And Solomon is saying, look, this is not a head thing. This is a heart thing. And you need to fill it up with the wisdom and the counsel of God. Because in that wisdom and counsel, you'll be directed easier than trying to figure it out in your head. How many try to figure it out in their head? I have missed it many, many times. Amen? Amen? And he said in, uh, on, he goes, keep my commands and live. So the first thing he says is open yourself up to the teaching. Realize that this teaching is not from Pastor David. This teaching is from the heart of a father to a student to a son that is willing to position themselves to learn from the things of God that opens their heart up and says, that's mine. I'm going to retain that. See, every time pastor preaches, every time someone preaches from the pulpit, anytime you go to Growth Point, there are people as fathers teaching children, sons and daughters, the Word of God. You know, I, I hate it when a person comes to a ministry and goes, oh, that was just Bob. Or that was just Brandon, you know, saying something exciting and it sounded good, but just really didn't affect me. The reason why it didn't affect you is because you weren't open to receive what Daddy has to say. You weren't open to receive the understanding or the revelation that God has placed upon this individual. Because you must understand, every one of you are a facet of God. And there's something in him that I don't have, but there's something in me that he don't have. And together we can grow and learn from God. That's why every person, the Bible says in Corinthians, is valuable. You can't say to the hand or the foot, you have no need of them. Why? Because they're all value. Matter of fact, those who have more value, hallelujah, need to humble themselves to the ones that have less value because they're more valuable. Come on. Mm. So are you open tonight to be taught? Are you open tonight to let your heart listen? Are you open tonight to retain so that when you leave, 
you'll know that you've heard from God. Because if you're not, it's just another Wednesday, Wednesday. It's another time you spend in church going home and doing the same things you've always done. Like Gary said, or Pastor Spears said last week, it's a choice. It's a choice. And you have to decide whether you're going to make it or not. Amen? In verse number 5, he begins to change the scenario to help us understand from a father-son perspective is that there's some stuff that we've got to do. The very first thing he says is, is to get wisdom and to get understanding. He's saying, go after it. Go get it. How many know when you want something, you go for it? If you want to take a vacation, you plan to get it. Amen? Because you go after it. And that's what Solomon is saying here. Go after this thing. Get it. Make it a part of your life. Get understanding. Get wisdom. Possess it. Make it yours. Make it yours. Because he says, and do not forget, and I love this part of the Scriptures because twice he says, do not. I think it's a warning to us not to forget what we just learned. Amen? Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. You know, when I hear pastor preach, I'm attentive to hear because there's something I need to learn that day. I may only get just a little part of it, but that's my part. You may get a little part of this message tonight, and one may have this part, and one may have another part, but that's your part. Be open to receive it. Be open to get it and make it a part of you. It's vital. Because it goes on and says, do not forsake her and she will preserve you. What does it mean to preserve? I, I used to love going to my grandmother's house out on the farm because she always preserved pickles and, and beets and, 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 and all the different vegetables that you could preserve. And she would boil it and she would get it all ready and she'd put it in the, the cur jars and she would, she would seal it up and she would put it in the basement or in the cellar. And it would go through a process of curing. And we were always excited about when can we open it. I mean, I, I loved watermelon pickles. I was a fanatic on watermelon pickles. Give me a jar and they're gone. And I, I used to always ask Grandma, are they ready yet? Are they ready yet? See, when you get wisdom and when you get understanding, it will preserve you. It'll carry you in the long haul. It'll carry you to the place that God needs you to be because there's a timing of the Lord that causes Him to open up that jar and say, it's ready for use. You don't choose that. God chooses the time in which you're to rise up. The Bible says God raises up and God takes down. No man does that. Amen? But you've got to get this wisdom. You've got to get this understanding. You know, a lot of people don't want wisdom because it causes instruction that not only nourishes, but it also corrects. You know, sometimes instructions is to set you on the right course, like a father to a child. You say to that child, don't run out in the street, you'll get hit by a car. I mean, no, that's, that's good instruction, but it's also correction to say don't do. Amen? And, and God wants us to understand that He corrects those He loves. He also directs those He loves. Amen? Amen? Is there anybody in the house tonight? These aren't just words. This is a plea from the Father. This is His heart saying, don't let this stuff go. Open your heart up. Retain my words. 
protect them because this is your life. I'll say this again. This is your life. How valuable is your life? How, how much value do you put on it? If you value your life, you'll learn from Him. If you value your life, you'll be in His Word. You'll be in His precepts. You'll be in His statutes. You'll be in His commandments. And you'll be in His house. Because if you love your life, that He preserves it. He allows it to go through a process of His perfection. Amen? The latter part of verse 6 says, Love her and she will keep you. I love that, that feminine perspective. She will keep you. That nourishing process. But you got to love her. How much do you really love the Word? I used to always say this to my congregate was this. If you really love somebody, you wouldn't just tell them what you think. You wouldn't just quote them a scripture. But you would sit them down and say, this is what he says. Because it's no longer you speaking, but it's him speaking. And I'll guarantee you this, they might not listen to you, but they will listen to him. Amen? That's why the word is so important. That's why it's so important that you're in it. So you know where it's at. I mean, it's hard for me to use pastor's Bible because I know what side of the page it's on. <laughs> I know about the location. Amen? Because I'm in the Word and I can find that in which Daddy's speaking to me. And Daddy's again saying, He's pleading with you. Love her and she will keep you. Because wisdom is the main thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the most important first thing that you need in life because without wisdom and instruction, you cannot have understanding to apply it. You can apply things trial and error, but if you have wisdom and good counsel, how many know when you apply that understanding, it works a whole lot better? Amen? And he's trying to help us to do that. I said again, wisdom is the principal thing. Say principal thing. Therefore, what's it there for? To get wisdom. To get instruction. To get counsel. You have sickness in your life. You have financial problems in your life. You have children problems in your life. You've got family problems in your life. You've got marital problems in your life. This is what you have to go to and find out what it says because what it says works. I think too many people run to counselors and pastors and everyone else to try to figure out their problems and God's got the answer right here. Amen? Right here. So the Father is speaking. He's talking to you as a child to get you to understand the key thing. What is that key thing? Wisdom. Instruction. Direction. You know, Habakkuk. Chaldeans, which were the Babylonians, were coming and destroying the children of Israel. The prophet stands up and he goes, why are you doing this, God? I don't understand it. I, don't, I, I can't see you doing this. This is just not your way and it seems so different than everything I've ever known. And Habakkuk in the whole first chapter is crying out to God and said, God, I don't, I don't know why, 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 why. And he kept crying out and finally he said he stopped. Chapter 2, he said, I'm going to stand on my rampart. I'm going to take my place. I'm going to get some counsel from Daddy. I'm going to get some wisdom and instruction from Daddy because my wisdom and my instruction is not working. 
I'm going to take my place. I'm going to stand on my rampart. I'm going to watch and see. I'm going to open my eyes and I'm going to begin to look in the direction that He is. Why do we keep going through the same thing over and over and over again? It's because we quit looking the right way. So Habakkuk begins to look. Watch and see what he shall say. Because see, he's asking for wisdom. And listen to what he says. So that when I see, then I will be corrected. And then I will write it down. It will not tarry, but it will come to pass through that that read it. See, saints, we go to the Scriptures for answers, not correction or direction. We go because we want God to fit in our little box to do what we want to accomplish. Because i got to tell you, there's things right now in my life I want to do more of, I want to be part of greater things, but the reality is, is I'm in that preservation with the Lord and He's taken me through a process because He has a plan. And I have to trust that. I don't have to like it, but I do have to trust it. Amen? There's no one exempt from that. We're all in that process. The Bible goes on and says, in, in verse latter part of 7, and in all you're getting, get understanding. So not only are you asking for instruction and direction and nourishment and correction, you're asking for Him to give you the wisdom so that you can understand how to make application too. I know I love information, but if I don't know how to apply it, it has very little benefits. It's one thing to learn, it's another thing to do. Amen? And so we have to learn and we have to do. I love what he shared last week is the fact that we have to make decisions that when we face things that, that people are involved in, things that aren't going right, we have to know what the wisdom or the counsel of God is, not some religious cliche just to cover it up. I mean, as I've gone through the loss of my mother, one of the hardest things I've dealt with is the fact that I've been in the Word for 28 years and people are coming and telling me that my mom is well and it's great. Well, what about me that's here? What about your arm of comfort? What about your love? What about your insights to the one that still remains? Come on. I mean, we can quote a lot of scriptures, but what about the one who's suffering? The Bible says, suffer with those who suffer, rejoice with those who rejoice. We need to learn to do that. Amen? And that takes the wisdom of God. But Pastor, you've been so good about that. Brandon, you guys coming. Whew! What that did for me. Thank you. And that was the counsel of God in their hearts. That was the wisdom with application. Amen? I got a friend that was actually lived in Wichita that went to uh, Tulsa and just out the last minute before the service started showed up. Whew, what a difference that made in my heart. Phenomenal. He's called me three times since my mama's passing. Wow. And it isn't that he's got anything to say. It's just he just wants to come okay. Amen? And we need to learn to do that. We need to learn to reach out. We need this kind of counsel. We need this kind of love. Amen? And he says in verse number 8 and 9, I love this, he changed the metaphor from the do-nots to the she, let's go, exalt her, lift wisdom up, lift this counsel up, and she will promote you. 
Whew, how many wants promotion? I think we all want to do better, correct? So we need to get the wisdom of God so that it can lift us up to the place we need to be. And then he goes on and says, she will bring you honor when you embrace her, when you make her part of your life. You know, I think it's great to know a scripture on healing, but you know what's even greater? is to study all the scriptures on healing. See, no longer am I just trying to quote a scripture to get God to move in a genie in a bottle. I'm now living in a relationship with God that He said that He will already do. All I have to do is step in and understand it with wisdom so that He can apply it. Because it's something I already have. Problem is, I just don't know it. Amen. Healing belongs to you, saints. Have you searched it out? Or have you just heard a preacher say healing belongs to you? I mean, the Scriptures are full of healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. It's full of financial blessings. It's full of family order. Come on. It's full of it. Second part of 8 says, you exalt her, she will promote you, and she will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will bring you value. I love it when people teach beyond what I've understood because now I'm finding value that I need for my life. Amen? You've got to be open to that. She will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. She will deliver you. I love that. She will place on your head an ornament. What is an ornament for? Like an ornament on a Christmas tree. It's to show something off. It's to tell a story. It's to know that it's there for a reason. Amen? And the only way you can know is ask the person who put it there. Amen? So he says, when you promote wisdom, when you get into this wisdom understanding, she will place this ornament, come on, she will place on your head an ornament of grace. He'll put you in a position with his ability. Remember, you don't raise yourself up, God raises you up. God takes you down. So when you're walking in wisdom and you're walking in understanding in the counsel of God and you're getting it and you're holding on to it and you're not letting anybody take it from you. Sickness comes and you go, I'm still standing. Family troubles comes, I'm not leaving. Financial issues hit. I'm still standing on the promises of God. Then what happens? You begin to shine for God. You get positioned with God. And He begins to crown you with this grace. And listen to this. And the crown of glory, she will deliver you to. I don't know about you, but I love it when God delivers me. Amen? I love it when He positions me for His ability. Amen? And Solomon is telling us from a father-son, father-daughter relationship, lover-keeper, wrapper in your arms, holder close to you, because she's going to position you for His glory. I think one of the hardest things as a pastor is coming into a church and sitting under a pastor. It doesn't mean that pastor's wrong or right. It means that I have to learn to position myself where God places me. Amen? Where God places me. And I have to honor and support that that God has placed. And when I do that, God honors me. Amen? 
Does that make sense to you? Look, look at verses 10 uh, through 17. I want to read them for you. It says, hear my son again. Listen, my son, father, son relationship. And receive, grab a hold of it, my sayings. And the years of your life will be many. When you're walking in the wisdom of God, long life is set before you. Amen? And he goes on and says, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. Look at that personal. I have taught you. When you get a revelation from pastor, a revelation from Brother Spear, when you get a revelation from another teacher, how many know that's God speaking through that individual to teach you the ways of Him? And we need to be taught. Amen? I, personal, have taught you the way of wisdom, the way of instruction, the way of nourishment, the way of correction. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I have led you in right paths. Not only has he taught you, but he's now showing you that your path will be right. Hmm. Verse 12. And when you walk, you will walk. But when you walk, your steps will not be hindered. You're walking in the wisdom of God. You're walking in the promises of God. You're walking in the counsel of God. You're walking in the truth of God. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it feels like. You need to know where you're at with Him. Amen? When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. I love that. Whether I'm walking or whether I'm running, I won't stumble. Why? Because my foot's sure in the wisdom and the counsel of God. pastor said to me the other day, he said he was really proud of me because I smile all the time and always try to have a good attitude. I'm walking in the counsel of God. I'm not walking in my circumstances. I'm walking in a life of a relationship with a daddy that loves me so much that he would lay his son's life down upon a cross and raise him up and send me the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that when my things aren't going right, he's still on in control. Oh yeah, I could complain. I could get upset. I could have a bad attitude, but it ain't going to do me any good. What does me good is when I walk in the counsel of God that supersedes the circumstances of my life. That's where I find my comfort. That's where I find my joy. That's why I'm able to walk in those things. Amen? And remember, in verse 10 through 13, he's talking about walking in the promises, walking in the light. But now he's getting ready to tell you, look, if you don't walk in my wisdom, you don't listen to my counsel, there's another side to this. In verse 14, he says, do not, and these are the do nots, enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. I thought, you know, God, why did you say walk in the path and do not walk in the way? He said, because the path is always set before you and it's always a choice. When I smoked cigarettes, one of the things that I had to quit doing was going to the place that I bought them. Because every time I went to the place to buy, to, to not buy them, I would buy them. Uh-huh. You know, when I was in pornography, one of the things I had to stop doing was going to the place that sold the magazine. Because if I went to the place, I wasn't going, because I was just going to get a piece of candy or a Coke or my favorite cinnamon roll, but that was always there. 
So he's saying, don't go knowing that that thing is there. Don't, you know before you do it, you're not supposed to do it. Come on, somebody. We need to wake up and realize the wisdom and the counsel of God is setting before us, and he's setting before us life and death, blessings and cursings, and he says, choose life. It's a choice. It's a choice to watch that on TV. It's a choice to watch that on the Internet. It's a choice to talk about things that you shouldn't. It's a choice to walk away from those who are doing wrong. It's a choice. And he's telling you right here, do not enter in the path of the wicked. So that's a choice. And then he says, do not walk in that evil way. First of all, when the choice comes, don't choose it. But if you choose it, don't walk it. Because it's going to come. You know, that choice came when I had to go down and buy the cigarettes, but the walk was what I had to determine whether I was going to walk in. The thought came, but do I walk it? Come on, the thoughts are going to come on those things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but are you going to continue to walk it? Because see, there's a moment in which you can make a decision and put it under. And every time you make that decision, God's grace, God's empowerment is there. Because did He not say, I'm going to make you an ornament and I'm going to put a crown of glory on you? So when you make a choice, you're getting closer to Daddy. When you make a choice, that choice will no longer be your choice. Hmm. So do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Look at verse 15. Avoid it. Look at your neighbor say, avoid it. If you don't avoid it, you're going to find out what it's about to do. Do not travel on it. Do not entertain it. Turn that TV off. Focus on something else. Amen. Turn away from it and pass on. This is good counsel. Turn away from it. There it is. I'm not going there. It's a choice. And each and every one of us have choices every day. Amen? Verse 16. Listen to this. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. Hmm. Have you ever had that moment where you know something is coming that you normally do that you don't want to do? And you just can't sleep because it begins to war in your head and you begin to ponder upon it. And then you try to think of ways to justify it. Come on. And as you begin to ponder upon it and justify it, it begins to stir you even more to make it harder to sleep. And look at the next verse. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. This thing is going to continue and continue and continue until you stop and say, I'm going to follow the wisdom and instruction and the counsel of God because this thing is there to try to stop you from doing so. You can have somebody pray for you and pray for you and pray for you for deliverance. And you can get deliverance, don't get me wrong. But there's some things you just have to make a choice with and say, no more. Amen? And God will grace you. God will give you the wisdom. God will give you the counsel. God will give you the instruction to do it. 
Because that's how much a father loves a child. If a child runs out in the street and the father saves that child from running out in the street, the father's going to be more attentive if the child is submissive enough to the father to not do it again. You know, it's like the child, don't touch that, it's hot. They're probably going to touch it once. But the counsel will teach them the truth and the understanding so they won't do it again. I put signs up all the time, wet paint, don't touch. Guys, I don't know what your problem is, but you all want to do it. It says, don't touch. What more do you need to know? What more do you need to know? Don't enter the path of the wicked. Come on. It'll take away your sleep and it'll stay after you until it gets you. Because look at the next verse in 17. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. They are tormentors and they want to destroy you. But I have to say, you know, even though we can say that the tormentor is out there and the devil does have a place in society since Adam and Eve sinned, James tells us that really it's not the devil. It's when we're enticed by our own lusts that draw us away. Oh, it's the devil. He made me... No, no. You made a decision. You made a choice. And you chose the wrong choice. Huh. Amen? You chose to get angry instead of hold your tongue. Mm -hmm. Come on. And then I love it. He's telling us the difference. Remember this in verses 10 through 13, the paths, light, darkness, promise uh, versus stumbling. He tells us in verse number 14 through 17 that if we make the right choices or wrong choices, this is going to be the results. I think that's pretty plain. And then he goes into verse number 18 and 19 and he reiterates. He wants to make sure we get it. I love pastor. I love the way he teaches because he repeats. And he keeps the scripture going and he keeps that working. And he works that main topic. Why? Because he wants you to get it. He wants you to understand it. And I love that way of teaching. Wonderful pastor. And that's what Solomon is doing here. In verse number 18 and 19 he says, But the path of the just, that's me, is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter into the perfect day. But the way of the wicked... It's like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. You didn't do it. Hold on. Can you do it? The way of darkness will make you stumble. Go ahead and turn them back on. If you don't get the counsel and the wisdom and the instruction that you need from God, that's how you're going to walk. The Bible says that if you say that you're walking in light, but you're really walking in darkness, how great is that darkness? So if you would have gotten up, you would have had to feel your way out. But how many know if you're walking in the light, you're not going to stumble. The Bible says that you're going to be able to walk and not stumble. You're going to be able to run and not stumble. Because you've chosen the right counsel. You cannot afford to be out of this Word any day of your life. 
You can't afford to miss an opportunity for God to speak to you because he wants to speak to you about every day of your life. Jesus said, I don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds, proceeds. It's a proceeding word. It's not yesterday's word. It's a now word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need the word of God moving in our life every day. I don't care if you just take one scripture. God will expound wisdom and understanding, direction, nourishment, and even counsel just by one scripture every day. Can you imagine having the word before you every day? The power of God, come on. The anointing of God, the deliverance of God, come on. Every day. I wonder how many people say, I've got God, but I'm really not in the word walking. Hmm. The Bible says that the promise of God is going to make you brighter and brighter and brighter to the perfect day. That means things are going to get better and better and better in the spirit realm. Come on. And how to walk through it. We know the stronger you are when adversity comes, the better you're going to handle it. Right? If you're weak when the adversity comes, how many know you're probably going to go with the adversity? So stay strong in the power of His might. Amen? And then the father and son relationship, He's teaching us how to nurture, how to hold on to, how to grab a hold of. He's teaching us that, look, it's like a mother nurturing her kids. It's teaching us that there's right paths, there's wrong paths. It's choices that we have to make. He identifies the light versus the darkness. And then in the next few verses... He says, I'm going to show you how to stay at it. He doesn't just give you instruction and tell you about what you can and cannot do, but now He's going to show you how to... How many want to know how to stay at it? Let's read. My son or my daughter, give attention to my word. Take notice to His word. Bend your ear, incline your ear to my sayings. This is what He's telling you to do. Stay at it. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. Every day you need that word going into your heart so your head doesn't screw with you. Because if your heart is right, you'll make right choices. Amen. For they are life to those who find them. I don't know about you, but I love life. They are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Wow. Keep your heart with all diligence. Stay at it. Don't stop. For out of it springs the issues of life. And then he starts telling you about some stuff you need to watch and staying at it. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what you put on Facebook because those are words. Watch what you speak to other people. Those are words. And per put perverse lips far from you. My daddy, love him. But that guy used to love to tell jokes and they weren't clean. My daddy knew I was a minister and he'd call me on the phone and we'd be talking and go, hey son, did you hear the joke about... I said, dad, is it clean? And he'd stop. And he'd go, no, I guess I can't say that. But he'd turn right around and tell the joke. It's like, oh, Dad, I just can't believe you do that. You know, listen to this word here. I love this. Listen to what he says. Put away a deceitful mouth. That means something may come up to where you want to say it, 
But it goes on and says, and put away perverse lips. How many know if you hold back from saying what you want to speak out of your mouth, keep it behind these lips? You know, if you don't hold your lips, it'll spit it out anyway. Come on, people. We need to learn how to hold our tongue. Amen? I tell you what, I have seen more people healed by God's hand than mine. There's a lot of counsel I'd love to have given them thinking that that's the counsel that they needed because that was my perspective. But God's perspective is to move beyond all of that and show off His glory. Hmm. So put away the deceitful mouth. Put away perverse lips from you. And let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Why is he saying let your eyes look forward and let your eyelids do the same? It's because of this, saints. If you keep your focus right, you'll stop going to those places you shouldn't be. You'll stop doing those things you shouldn't be doing. But if you can close your eyelids and say, oh, I'm going to ignore it. Now keep your eyes fixed. Don't close your eyes to it. You know it's there. But stay fixed. Stay focused. Ponder on the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Look at what he says here. Watch your mouth. Keep your eyes focused and be sure that your feet are going the right direction. You have choice over all those things. And you have to choose it. Your feet could be in your mind going someplace you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Amen? Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody tonight? See, Daddy's speaking to his kids. You're his kids. And he's trying to help us to understand what he got from his father worked for him. Now we need to get what our father is saying that'll work for us. And listen to what Daddy says. I love this. Now we have to make some choices. Listen to this. Do I listen to my father's heart? Through the word, through my pastors, through my teachers, maybe even my bosses. Come on, sometimes daddy to real children in the family. Do I really listen to that wisdom? Do I submit myself as a son and a daughter to that counsel? Or am I just a hireling wanting money or position or praise? Do I open my heart to hear his ways? Do I retain his words? Do I practice them? These are questions we have to ask ourselves because listen to the results. She will preserve you. She will promote you. She will bring honor to you. This is what the Word just said. She will, she will place you. She will empower you. She will deliver you. She will add life to you. She will lead you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. For she is your life. Come on, you ought to give him some praise. This is what wisdom will do when you get it and you begin to apply it. But I have to ask you tonight, is that what you're doing? Or are you just going through the status quo? And I'm not asking you to raise your hands and stand up because this is a personal question that you have to ask yourself. Are you turning those things off? Are you walking away from those things that you should be walking away from? Are you stopping saying the things that you shouldn't be saying? Come on. Are you hearing what God is saying? Are you watching the things that you should be watching and turning off those things that you should not be watching? Saints, you've got to understand, if you're going to listen to the Father and be a true son or daughter of His, He's trying to help promote your life to the better way of living. We can't keep excusing 
life and saying, well, that's just the way it is. It doesn't have to be. It's your choice. Everybody stand. And Pastor Linda, would you come before I read the last verse? Maybe you struggle with mouth issues. Anger issues. Maybe you got eye issues. Come on, that's you. I? Say I. That's you. Huh. Maybe, maybe you even are going places you shouldn't go, watching things you shouldn't see, not making right choices about circumstances that you face. How many here would say we could probably all raise our hands? Thinking things you shouldn't think. The Bible says if you're going to think, think upon those things that are pure and holy and acceptable. Come on. We've got to get out of this carnal way and start getting into the right way. And we've got to let God in. We've got to open our hearts. And we've got to get real. Because if we don't do that, it's very hard for God to come and say, I'll take care of that. There's a lot of stuff that happens that's out of our control. But there are some stuff that's in our control. And we have to make a choice. Do we continue in it or not? Do we walk in it or not? Do I make a decision to pay attention and listen? Saints, if we got anything out of this today, pay attention to your life and listen. Open your heart and don't take life lightly. Watch your mouth. Be careful with what you look at. Stay focused on Him when you struggle. And if you have problems with saying things you shouldn't, I think you need to make a decision and stop. And ask for God's help. Ask for Daddy to come. He said, I'll preserve you, I'll carry you, I'll help you in your struggles. All of Solomon is trying to help us understand is, is there's a promise to walking in wisdom. Will you choose that? It's a choice. Quit believing the lies of the enemy. Quit listening to those things that does not line up to the wisdom of the Word of God. God made a promise. And His promise is true. Amen? Just listen to what the last verse says. Do not turn to the right or left and remove your foot from evil. He didn't say go to pastor or go to me and have you pray for him. No, he said make a decision. Wisdom Wednesday, I believe, is all about making choices. Will you make that choice?